0: Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is planning to visit Canada this week following his speech to world leaders at the United Nations yesterday. Joining us to talk about the Canadian visit and the latest on the war in Ukraine is Andrew Rasulis, fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute and an expert in Eastern European affairs. Welcome back to the show, Andrew. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you very much,
0: Sue and Andy. Tell us a little bit about uh, Zelensky's chat yesterday and his speech in front of the United Nations. Uh, What was the address about?
1: The main point, and this, this seems to be the theme of his visit, and he'll readdress it again today at the Security Council meeting, is the 10-point peace plan. That's Ukraine's 10-point peace plan. He is really uh, making the effort to sell that plan to the international community, uh, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's been around for several months now. It's a tall order, uh, but he's making a real strong pitch for it. He made his pitch, and we uh, obviously know uh, where he is interested in, in things moving, but how was it received by U.N. members, and what sort of an impact do you think it'll have? Well, I mean, it, I mean, certainly at the United Nations, it, it, there's, there's a polite, uh, no, no one's obstreperous on that. It's a, there's a polite reception. Now, t- today, it'll be more um, it, to the point, if you will, and more interesting to observe because it's going to be at the Security Council meeting itself, so Zelensky will be sitting around a table where the Russian foreign minister, Lavrov, will be at the same table. They'll be eye to eye. So that will be particularly interesting and see what comments and response Lavrov gives. Also, the Chinese will be there. Blinken will be there for the United States. So actually, the key players are around the table. This is something that people sometimes don't understand, the utility of the United Nations. They may not make decisions, but they bring people together. And this is some people have argued that that's actually the best argument for the United Nations, It's a place for people to meet. And you can't force them to agree to things, but you can actually bring them together to start the process. So it's going to be a very interesting meeting, and we'll see. We'll see the reactions. We'll see what happens today.
0: Yeah, I mean, because you'll never get Russia's president there, but if you have a minister there to take the information, to take the proposal, and then perhaps, hopefully, move it forward, that's the gist of it. Has there been any response from Russia at this point? Uh,
1: the Russians simply say they'll be listening, uh, so they they will listen, and we don't know how they will respond. But but I mean, off the top, you know that uh, the Russians cannot accept the Ukrainian ten point plan as it is, because the the Ukrainian ten point plan essentially, without getting to specific details, requires a Russian capitulation. Uh, there's no there's no negotiating room in the Ukrainian ten point plan. It's sort of absolute. It means return of all Ukrainian territories to the 91 borders, a removal of Putin from the government and facing a war crimes trial. I mean, that's just off the top. So, so you can see there's, there's zero room for negotiations there. And I actually was, was at a reception yesterday with, with the Ukrainian ambassador into Canada, and I asked her about any room for wiggle room, the Chinese 12-point plan, for example, and the answer is absolutely not. Uh, the Ukrainians are, are not negotiating. So basically. So that's the beginning. I mean, that's the project. You expect them to say that, but that's their position. Mm. What about the appetite to support Ukraine? What is that like? What's, what's the temperature in the room like when you talk about the U.S. and uh, their efforts to, to continue to, to support Ukraine? Yeah, and Biden's comments yesterday, in fact, uh, are directed in, in part to the international community, but also in part to the United States Congress. Um, because, There is some heavy duty uh, debate going on within the United States Congress, particularly in the House of Representatives, uh, over future assistance to Ukraine. And there's money bills going through right now, which are stalled. Part of that is an assistance package for Ukraine. And there is an isolationist wing of the Republican Party that is refusing to approve it. And so there's a, there's a real stalemate going on. And House Leader McCarthy is trying to, to work something. Uh, and we'll see cause if he can avoid another shutdown of the U.S. government, because that's part of the package that's out there. Um, so it, 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 the, the, the polls in the United States show that it's, it's really on the edge. A CNN poll suggested there was a slight majority of Americans that were opposed to continual aid. But but another CBS poll, I think it was, suggested, well, it depends how you ask the question. It could go the other way. So basically, you can say there's a real tough fight in the United States about continued support. It's not a given, but it's not hopeless
0: either. From the U.S. to Canada, the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky will be in Canada later this week. Do we know sort of what the plan is, What, who, where he'll be visiting, and, and what they're actually going to talk about?
1: Yeah, so I can tell you where he's going. He's, uh, he'll be uh, appearing uh, before Parliament on Friday, sort of middayish, ish uh, and then he's going to Toronto, uh, which, of course, will be the meeting with the Ukrainian diaspora and, and, and that sort of thing. Now, the substance... Again, I was at the event yesterday with the Ukrainian ambassador, and I asked her if she could give me a hint as to what they were going to talk about. She said, give me a very firm no comment. So I can only speculate for you what, uh, what they will talk about. And, I mean, it would logically be, uh, again, Zelensky would thank Canada for its support, both military, economic, um, and financial, and so on. Uh, and no doubt he will ask for more of that. Uh, you know, and what? Because the war is going to go on it's 2024 for sure, and and the the, the Ukrainians will continue to, to require assistance. So that definitely will be the substance. He may reaffirm the ten-point plan uh, here in Canada as well, uh, but that's it's basically the Ukrainians are gearing up for 2024, mm. uh, continual war, and they're they're shoring up their support base. That's really what this is about. Gearing up for something that I think many thought would be days, if not weeks, now into the nineteenth month. Uh, can you give us a, an idea uh, whether or not the Ukraine has gained any ground in their fight against Russia, their counteroffensive, so to speak? Yeah, they 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 have gained what they've gained what we would call military terms tactical, uh, as opposed to strategic. So so uh, to give you the big picture, they need to go sixty kilometers uh, to get to the Sea of Azov, which is their strategic objective in this offensive. Uh, they have managed to make maybe five kilometers. That, that's the, the degree. So, Because it's very heavy fighting, extremely heavy fighting. So they will not get to the Sea of Azov. If they ever get there, it certainly won't be this year for sure. Um, and and that, that, in strategic terms, is you can still call it a stalemate with limited tactical movement by the Ukrainians. On the other hand, however, the Russians have managed a similar uh, tactical prodding uh, in the northern part of the front toward the city of Kharkiv and they have made small incremental gains. This is, in a way, to balance off the Ukrainian gains in the South. So it, it forces both sides, actually, to kind of watch their forces and watch their reserves. Uh, it's, so that's, that's what's happening. Strategic stalemate, actually. So, tactical movement, but strategic stalemate.
0: Thank you so much for the updates. Really appreciate your time, as always, Andrew. Thanks.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you very much.
0: Andrew Rasulis, fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute and expert in Eastern European affairs.